Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. All opinions expressed are those of the host. Welcome to the OFMT Podcast, episode 152, which I'm calling Return to Form, King B Edition. Corrections. Last week I announced at the beginning of the podcast that the episode was recorded using the Roadcaster Pro microphone. Well, there's no such thing as a Roadcaster Pro microphone. What? The Roadcaster Pro is an audio interface. What I meant to say is the episode was recorded using the Rode Procaster microphone. I guess I was having a senior moment. After all, I am the old fart, so I have a good excuse. I noticed this gaffe after I had already published the episode. By that time, it was too late to do anything about it. I apologize for any confusion. I can say that this particular episode was recorded using the Neat King B2 with surety. For real. I think. Let's jump into some tech news. According to the tech website Digital Trends and other sources, Apple might not be updating or refreshing the company's much-touted and expensive Mac Studio computer, which was released in 2019. Apple presented this model as the Mac for creators. It's based on the Mac Mini and many at the time expressed that you can probably equip a standard Mac Mini at a far lower price and get just about the same performance. I guess sales of the Mac Studio reflected that sentiment. Another reason given is that the heavily rumored Mac Pro may be slated for a spring release and will feature more modularity than the Mac Studio, allowing the user to expand storage, GPUs, and other components. Perhaps the Mac Studio was merely a stopgap measure intended to placate the pro users until the company readied the pro model. Who knows? Anyway, if I was a pro, 
No. I'd be mighty upset that the expensive piece of hardware I just purchased might be abandoned so soon. Then again, many pro users have the means to afford these things anyway. Well, that excludes the small market guys and individuals, though. I guess it's tough luck for them. Is Apple trying to emulate Google's method of abandoning software, except this time with hardware? Rumors are swirling around the intertubes that Apple is to introduce a foldable iPad. That's right, iPad in 2025. I have to ask, does anyone want or need a foldable iPad? I would be much more interested in a foldable iPhone, as long as it was durable. I know my lovely wife would immediately buy one upon release. I wouldn't go near a first generation, though. What do you think? Would you be interested in a foldable iPad? Maybe the supply chain analysts are just reading their tea leaves wrong this time, and this rumored product will be an iPhone, not an iPad. The Big G Strikes Back it's a well-known fact that the folks over at Google don't really care for their arch enemies up in Redmond, Washington, which is the home of Microsoft. This stems back from the Bill Gates era and the cutthroat business practices that the Gates-led Microsoft employed back then, crushing all perceived competitors, real or imagined. When Google became the behemoth they are, the company had their revenge by destroying Windows Phone and forcing Microsoft to abandon that great mobile operating system which basically forced the company out of the expanding and lucrative mobile phone market, taking the mighty Nokia down with them. So, you can imagine the turmoil over at Google when the Microsoft-funded, artificial intelligence-powered, chat GPT bot took the tech world by storm recently. For the first time since these companies' rivalry, Google has been forced to play catch-up. What did Google decide to do? Well, what Google always does, throw money into a competitor. $300 million worth of the company's treasure in this instance. The money going to OpenAI rival Anthropic, which was started by former OpenAI employees. Lawsuits commencing in 3, 2, 1. The main difference here is that Microsoft has provided billions, not mere millions, to its horse in a race, which, of course, is OpenAI. Microsoft is integrating ChatGPT into its software, but so far, Google hasn't said if they intend to integrate Anthropic's technology into their software. Google promises their implementation will be ethical, something Microsoft hasn't taken a public position on yet. Fasten your seatbelts and look forward to the battle of the artificial intelligence bots. May the best implementation win. And speaking of Google, what happened to the much-awaited Pixel Watch? Uh, if you get to see one in public and... All I hear about that product is... Update. Google has suffered a 100 billion, yes, that's a billion with a B, decline in market value after their aforementioned rival AI chatbot, which I've since learned is called BARD, which they just invested in, provided inaccurate information in a promotional video. I have to ask... Didn't anyone think to fact-check the results before putting out that video? I mean, they love to fact-check us mortals. Maybe they use ChatGPT to fact-check it. The mistake Bard made was that it said that the James Webb Space Telescope took the first pictures of exoplanets when it was actually taken by the European Southern Observatory Very Large Telescope in 2004. The Big G should have invested billions like Microsoft did, not mere millions.
Zoom, the teleconferencing app that took the country, if not the world, by storm during the pandemic, has laid off 1,300 workers. That's some 15% of the company's workforce. Zoom's stock lost over 40% of its value after the announcement. Zoom joins just about every other tech company in laying off workers, with the notable exception of Apple. I've made my opinions on Zoom clear in previous episodes. My main concern with the app is its apparent lack of security and ties to mainland communist China. I haven't and won't install the app on any of my devices. The return to somewhat normal life has hit tech companies the hardest, it would seem. I've used Microsoft Teams and can recommend that as an alternative to Zoom. While I still have Teams loaded on all my devices, I've recently canceled my Microsoft 365 subscription, so I can't use most of its advanced and cool features. I've been looking at rival service Zoho, which is based out of the country of India. Their servers are in Switzerland and offer all the features of 365 for a a much better price. However, I don't know anyone who uses it, so I don't know how reliable it is. If anybody listening resides in India and has knowledge of Soho, do me a favor and drop me a line. Some tech I'm using. Another thing I've noticed since receiving the new Apple 4K TV box as a gift for Christmas, thanks Jessica and Stephen, is how stable the connection to outboard speakers using AirPlay is especially third-party speakers like my IKEA Sonus set. With the old model, the AirPlay connection would drop out numerous times a week, especially while using the YouTube app for some reason, with me having to fiddle with the old box's setting constantly. Upon setting up the new Apple TV, I encountered the same problem when I started using the new box until a screen popped up asking if I wanted first the HomePod minis to be a source of audio and then giving me the option to add the Sonus speakers. Since then, I haven't encountered any dropouts of the AirPlay audio connection. Every once in a while, the connection to the Sonos speakers lags a bit, but I never, ever have to go to settings and fiddle around with it. It corrects itself within a few seconds, which is a good thing. Continuing with speakers and television sound setups, I've stated in the past that I wouldn't consider the new full-size Apple HomePods because they were too expensive. Well, I've reconsidered that. Upon pricing a Sonus television soundbar, I was stunned at the price of the company's ARC soundbar model. It retails for $899, but often goes on sale for $799. Now, a pair of the new full-size HomePods would sit me back $600. Eventually, they will go on sale, saving me even more money. I'm hoping they will go down to $250 each. Sure. I won't have true surround sound, but the reviews I've watched and read say that the HomePods do a good job of simulating that effect. It more than likely wouldn't matter to these old fart ears, which are shot after working most of my adult life on or next to an aircraft flight line. And those numerous heavy metal concerts I attended in my youth haven't helped either. Anyway, this will be a purchase I'll make in the future when I get to my final place of residency. I do have a small, very small new piece of tech to tell you about. While watching a movie called All Eyes, which is about a disgraced paranormal podcaster who's offered $20,000 to do a podcast about a man who's planning on killing a monster that resides in the woods near his Oklahoma farm, one of the pieces of recording gear the podcaster brings with him is a small audio recorder 
It's about the size of one of those reduced-sized candy bars they charge you full price for these days. I was intrigued by this, and I wondered if the diminutive recorder was capable of capturing usable audio. So, I took to Amazon, found a cheap one with good reviews, which was also an Amazon choice, and $30 later, I was in possession of a G-brand recorder. Yes, the brand name is the letter G. The recorder features 48 gigs of memory total, 16 gigs of onboard storage, and 32 gigs on a removable SD card. Plenty of room for my needs. One of the biggest gripes reviewers had with this recorder was that it was complicated to operate. Well, I don't know if it's because I have some limited experience with these kinds of devices or if it's true that the U.S. public has been dumbed down, but I didn't have that problem. In fact, I found it easier to operate than my Zoom H1N portable recorder. The Zoom was a previous birthday gift. Again, thanks, Jess and Steven. Of course, the Zoom has many more features. The G recorder features a tiny but useful LCD screen where you scroll to set up and use the thing. It also is equipped with two tiny microphones. You can even attach a lavalier mic to this thing, which I haven't gotten around to test out yet. I made some sample recordings, and I can say it wasn't at all bad in regards to its audio quality. Not a Zoom is capable of much better audio, but for the thing's size, and especially price, the audio is acceptable. I was really surprised at this, pleasantly surprised. Unlike the Zoom H1N, the G recorder is powered by an internal rechargeable battery, while the Zoom takes two AA batteries, which is preferable for long stints in the field. You charge it and transfer data via an included USB Type-C connector. Or, if you record to the SD card, you can just use a card reader on your computer. I plan on having this recorder on my person at all times because, hey, you never know when you might need to capture some audio. Next episode, I'll provide you with some sound samples. Is it built to last? Well, time will tell. Entertainment News As I mentioned in the Tech I'm Using section, the inspiration for obtaining a small so-called micro-audio recorder came from a movie I watched called All Eyes. It's a low-budget independent movie, but the story is great with, spoiler alert, a sudden twist in plot. All the actors in it are fantastic. It shows the power of a well-written script, which tells a good story without trying to ram some agenda down your throat. Yeah, I know, I said I'm trying to stay away from politics, but uh, the emphasis is on the word trying. <laughs> An Apple TV Plus series that I enjoyed was the science fiction series Foundation, based on a Isaac Asimov series of novels. Especially with the cancellation of two sci-fi series I enjoyed, Dark Matter and The Expanse. It's a big bucks production and it's beautiful to watch. The first season debuted in September of 2021 and I became concerned when September of 22 came and went with no season two. Well, the good news is that Apple has released a trailer for the next season. The bad news is that it's coming sometime this summer. I look back with relish at the time television series stuck to a freaking schedule. This summer promises to be a busy one for the old Ford household, so I hope I have some time to watch this new season. I don't know what could have delayed this season as the pandemic can no longer be blamed for this. Apple, of course, hasn't provided a reason for this delay. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Podcast News. I recently read a report about yet another podcast production company and network unionizing. If past experience is any indicator, this trend is not a good thing. This time it's Cricket Media, the company behind shows such as Pod Save America and other pretty popular shows. Now, I'm not anti-union. Heck, I belong to a union for the last 26 years. But every other podcast production company that's been unionized saw their production staffs reduced and the shows they were producing disappeared. Take Gimlet and Parcast, for example, especially Parcast. Parcast produced a number of shows I enjoyed and subscribed to. The company was a father and son endeavor and managed to put out a slew of interesting shows with a top-notch production. Both Gimlet and Parcast were snapped up by Spotify with both companies' personnel promptly unionizing. The shows they were previously producing were canceled, and when Spotify decided to trim the company's podcast division, who do you think they laid off? That's right, the unionized members of those two companies. Now, you don't even hear of Gimlet or Parkass. It's as if they never existed. Sure, both are still cranking out shows, but because they're now Spotify exclusives, their distribution and audiences are limited. The Parkass show, Espionage, was one of my favorites, and the last new episode is from July of 2020. Let's hope this doesn't happen to other newly unionized networks. PodTrack, a company that tracks podcasts, has released its list of the top 20 podcast networks in the U.S. Coming in first is iHeartRadio. Second is Wondery. What follows is mostly a collection of corporate news organizations and publicly funded news organizations. The only independent networks are still backed by big money interests, with the exceptions being All Things Comedy, The Daily Wire, and Blaze. 
It wasn't too long ago that at least half of the list were independent networks. Hopefully with what seems to be a contraction of the industrial podcast networks, some independents will sneak back onto the list. In that vein, here are some independent podcasts I listen to and recommend. I'll give a brief synopsis of each show. First up is the No Agenda podcast. These guys specialize in deconstructing the news media, pointing out the motive for the stories they report. Next is Who Are These Podcasts? Each episode, the show reviews a podcast and hilarity ensues. The No Sleep Podcast. If you like a good ghost or horror story, then this is your show. The podcast was born from a thread on Reddit. The Union of the Unwanted. This show is hosted by a group of podcasters that were kicked off from the major podcast indexes. If an alternative view or a good old conspiracy theory is your cup of tea, I'll give it a listen. Next is the New Media Show. This show is hosted by the CEO of Blueberry, a podcast hosting service. The show covers the podcast industry with insider knowledge. S2 Underground is hosted by a former U.S. Army intelligence member. The host gives solid updates on underreported events from an intelligence perspective. The Michael Savage Show. Michael Savage used to be a syndicated radio host. He was so controversial that he's banned from entering the country of England. To me, he's just a man of his time. His contract wasn't renewed, so like many former radio hosts, he started a podcast. The show got off to a rough start, but it's improved lately. My only gripe is the amount of advertisements, but, you know, you can just fast forward through them. The Insanely Dangerous Retro Podcast. The two hosts discuss pop culture from the 1980s and 1990s. And finally, it's Eric Nagel. The host discusses pop culture to include gaming, movies, radio, and more. It's well-produced and almost always interesting. The mighty algorithm of YouTube served me up a video from Dark Corner Studio the other night. The channel basically reviews audio gear. I'd been watching videos of reviews for various audio interfaces, specifically the Lewitt Connect 6, which I discussed in my last episode. This video wasn't a review of anything, though. In this video, which was made in early December of last year, the host was cautioning that all the shiny new audio equipment we might want Santa to bring us for Christmas wouldn't guarantee a better audio product. The host advised that we should probably work with what we have, and then ran down a list of people who made it big just using what they had. Phones, iPads paired with $100 mics, and using free digital audio workstations such as Audacity and GarageBand. These people concentrated on the content and their talent instead of the technology. This struck a chord with me, and I've decided to try and do the same. I immediately went to my Amazon wish list and deleted a bunch of stuff. Now, with that $499 RE20 mic or $500 audio interface, or how about the $150 pair of headphones helped to increase my audience and make my show more successful? No. Of course not. Content is king. I'm sticking with what I have. Here's where you can help me out, dear listener. Drop me an email and let me know how to improve this mess of a podcast. Let me know what sections you like and those you don't. Criticize at will. I have developed quite a thick skin over the years. Oh, I did keep the Lewitt Connect 6 on my wish list, though. (laughs) 
yes, it's the return of story time. So sit back and enjoy a tale from the life of an old fart. I was a supervisor most of my 20 years in the military. Every member is required to have an annual performance report, and their supervisor is the one required to write it. As a supervisor, you are, or at least were, notified if someone under your supervision was due a performance report via what we called a RIP, which was a printed piece of paper with all the pertinent information on it. The RIP was also accompanied with what back then was called a buck slip, with a Dubai date on it, which was earlier than the official due date. In the report, you'd just list the subject's duty responsibilities and how well they performed them. I probably had written almost a hundred of these reports over my career, and I could tell you, they were a pain in the butt. You would write a first draft and then submit it up the chain of command for editing, usually two or three people deep, depending on the rank of the individual. Of course, each stop in the chain had their own corrections or ideas, so you would have multiple edits for each step of the chain, and you were responsible to perform the edits yourself. It would take almost a month to get one of these performance reports finalized. I was a pretty good writer. I would write the report as I observed the individual performing his assigned duties. So, you can imagine my surprise when one of these rips was plopped on my desk one afternoon and the performance report was for a person I didn't know I supervised, hadn't even met, didn't even know what their duties were, never worked the position they held, and they didn't even work in the same building I was located in. Of course, it was an administrative error, but being I was the supervisor of record, I couldn't get out of having to write this report no matter how hard I tried. I called up the subject of the report and asked him for a synopsis on his duties and what they did to accomplish them. No embellishments. I could add those myself later. The person grunted in agreement, and I eagerly awaited a response. A response that never came. Now with the due date rapidly approaching and no information to use for writing the report, I realized that I would have to somehow manufacture a story, one of fiction as I had no idea what this particular job entailed that the subject of the report was doing. So I cracked open the regulations which covered this duty position and crafted a narrative to the best of my abilities, false embellishments and all. In the past, what I considered solid report writing had been kicked back to me multiple times for revision, some requiring a complete rewrite. So I cautiously submitted this work of fiction I had crafted up the chain and waited for the inevitable editing kickbacks. To my surprise, like the synopsis I hadn't received, my draft wasn't returned to me for further editing. Thinking that the report was somehow lost, I inquired about it and was informed that the lieutenant wanted to talk to me about it. Uh, here it comes, I thought to myself, expecting to be chewed out for an unacceptable output. Entering the lieutenant's office, uh, again with caution, he had me sit down and tell me that that was one of the best written performance reports he had ever seen and had crossed his desk, and if only other NCOs possessed my writing abilities, his job would be that much easier. He congratulated me and sent a stunned me on my way, wondering what had just happened. The music is playing and the episode is coming to an end. So... How did the Neat King B microphone perform? Thumbs up or off with its head? Let me know. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. 
I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. You know, spring seems to be in the air. Or is it? So why don't you find out, but first, get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.